Hello and welcome back to another episode of Swinging at Shins. Today, you have myself and Woodsy. Woodsy, how are you doing? Dude, another, As, uh, uh, another great uh, weekend of Premier League action. And mm-hmm. and now, uh, you know, not quite the result I wanted this past week, but but onwards we go. And and uh, we got a heck of a match week of, uh, of games coming up this weekend. For new listeners and followers, Woodsy's a Liverpool fan. Um, so when he says that not the result he's looking for, um, we'll just jump into the match day scores because that was a really – Good segue into it. Uh, Liverpool and Manchester draw nil-nil. Definitely not the game that anybody wanted. We'll discuss that in a little bit. Uh, well, United fans are probably happy, but again, we'll discuss that in a moment. Uh, starting on Friday here, we had Nottingham Forest and Spurs, and Spurs put up two, Forest put up nil, um, and we'll discuss about Forest's situation here as well. In, in a few moments after this, the Bournemouth Luton Town game got abandoned, was abandoned because Tom Lockyer uh, had a cardiac arrest on the field. Um, turns out he is okay now. He's not in critical condition or anything like that. He's recovering, but uh, best wishes for him and hopefully he turns around. This isn't his first time either. He's uh, actually in the promotion match between Coventry he also had a cardiac arrest uh during that match as well so um something hopefully he looks out for in his career and doesn't uh you know hopefully this doesn't inhibit his career but also he needs to look out for himself kind of deal uh moving on we had Chelsea beating Sheffield 2-0 uh City a surprising city draw. This this is out of nowhere at City Field at, at the Etihad, two two against Crystal Palace. Um, Newcastle blow away Fulham three nil at home. Also, they had help because Fulham decided to go get a red card. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was um, Raul Jimenez. Straight up, just like almost drop kicked a guy in his chest. It was it was it was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> He wasn't even arguing it was a red, and that's that's when you know as a player and as a fan, you're like, yeah, you're going to go see a shower early. Uh, Burnley at home, nil two to Everton. Uh, Arsenal win against Brighton, 2 nil at home. Brentford lose against Villa at home, 1-2. to two. West Ham at home, 3 nil against Wolves. That that game actually was just straight up all West Ham the whole entire way. It was it wasn't even a debate. And then, um, as I said at the top, Liverpool nil, Manchester United nil. And I'll tell you what, nobody, as the three of us, had that outcome. I'm pretty sure we all had uh, United not scoring, which they didn't. So realistically, we got that right. But uh, uh, I think the lowest score line was a four. <laughs> Did somebody put a four or maybe it was five? That was me. Yeah, see? The Liverpool fan put four, and he was the closest (laughs) scorer, guess right. (laughs) But uh, we'll hop into Forest here. It was not the greatest. Oh, go ahead. It was not the greatest. uh, We'll go to to Steve Cooper because, you know, that guy – 
former Liverpool guy, Steve Cooper. So we, we lost guys twice this week. So, uh, well, maybe. yeah, Steve Cooper uh, no, no longer in the Nottingham Forest job. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think this might be a a good change in the air. I think f- his body language on the touchline always seems so uh, it's dismissive, the right word. Like, he doesn't really want to be there but he's like he's propped up to be there because he's the manager and like he's and he's trying you can kind of see that he's trying but nothing is working everything that he tries he he threw the kitchen sink and it's still not working and and ownership had seen that and and he got the can this morning um good move bad move and different move how do you feel I I really think it's one of those moves where I, I think time will tell. I don't think it's a I don't think it's an immediate step up uh, bringing in Nuno Espirito Santo. Uh, if that is the guy that they uh, ultimately bring in, it looks like the rumors are pretty much confirming that as of now. Yep. Um, but I, I Steve Cooper may go down as the second, maybe third best manager Nottingham Forest have ever had. Um, that's how that's how good he was. You know, he brought them back to a league they hadn't been in in you know twenty some mm-hmm. odd years. Um, the the guy, the guy knew what he was doing. I don't think management necessarily understood the philosophy uh, in which he likes to play. Uh, obviously, Cooper, a former uh, Liverpool academy coach uh, with the under twenty threes, he did a fantastic job there. You know, he's the reason why you know you see guys like Trent Alexander Arnold and and. Uh, Curtis Jones that are that are playing so well right now for Liverpool. Um, he's 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 good with the young players. Um, mm-hmm. I think they didn't necessarily hit the market that they needed to and bring in players that suit his style. Um, obviously, I think defensively, I, I think was probably their their big issue. Obviously, the, the goalkeeper as well. Um, but but he's a he's gonna get a job. He's gonna get a job elsewhere. Uh, whether it be it, it will, in my opinion, it's gonna be in the Premier League. I think I, I would. I'd be hard pressed to not see Steve Cooper back in the Premier League, whether it's this year or next year. Um, really, yeah, he's just too too good of a coach to uh, to not be uh, at, at the top. Yeah, he's he's got basically everything. I mean, if it wasn't for the situation where the the the, the owner really wanted to, you know, the sporting director wanted to spend all that money last year, bringing guys on all these different deals, and you know, they signed twenty some odd players last season, and they got all mm-hmm. these contracts now, and then. To keep them up last year, given what was going on at the club, that I mean, Matt, that right there is is one of the best co- coaching jobs you're going to see, probably in the in the lower half of the Premier League. Um, so, in, in my opinion, he did a great job. Um, kind of kind of bum for him. I didn't think he'd be one of the first ones to go. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Well, he's not. Um, but he uh, he definitely. I mean, I, I could see that. You know, it wasn't necessarily with the fans. I think he. He he over overdid his welcome. I think it's I think it's ownership where basically they they just had enough. But um, yeah, fans loved yeah. him. Fans loved him. Uh, he wasn't actually the first one to go. Paul Heckenbottom was so. Um, real. He's the second axe being chopped head being chopped here. Um, yeah. I I think that this. I'm surprised. Right, so first, I want to jump to this. I'm surprised that you think he's actually going to get another job in the Premier League. Um. I don't think he's he's a good coach Absolutely. for the championship. I would say I Crystal Palace is where he's going to end up. 
See, I think that there's still other managers out there that are better than Steve Cooper, like uh, Bielsa. If he, I can't remember if he took that international job, though. I think he might have taken that international job. Um, either way, there's still he's a, Lopetegui. He's, uh, with the Uruguay national team. I don't think he's got any place in the and some people are some managers are freak freaks like that. They might want to do both, pop back and forth. But uh, that's like that's kind of video game stuff, to be honest. You don't see that too much in the real world. Um, uh, Lopetegui, I think, is a good could be a good uh, manager to step in for that that squad. There, he did he he kept he kept the wolves up last year as well. Figured out whatever uh Bruno Large couldn't couldn't do with his squad. Um I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Lopetegui went after the Crystal Palace job if if um Roy Hodgins does get canned. Um I think I think this is a good move in the sense that Nuno has experience with the Prem. He knows how to deal with underachieving squads like the Wolves team he had. I, I think they punched above their weight. And for those who don't remember, he did coach the Wolves from... Let me see here. I just got to grab it real quick. He had them back in 17-18, back in the championship. They were they got automatically promoted um, that year. Finished seventh in the Prem the next season. Finished seventh in the Prem again. And then... The season after that, it was 13th. Uh, then in which he went to the Spurs. Um, but that Wolves, he had those Wolves teams really clicking. And and I think that overachieving in their in their manner, uh, they, they did have good players. Um, but I, 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 I like this hire. I, I like this hire a lot. He also, it's not like, from the Spurs, because he got canned from the Spurs. He only managed 13, 17 matches. And then he went on to go to the Saudi League. And I'm not, I, I don't know how to pronounce Saudi teams, so I'm not going to bother. But he managed 53 matches and he got two, at least two points, two and a quarter points per. So I don't mind this. I don't. I don't mind this move. I think this is a good move, and I think this is one of those moves where it's like, well, if we get relegated, which I don't think they will, then we have a manager who's done that too. With Steve Cooper, I don't think you can keep that kind of guy where you. I don't think you keep that kind of guy where it's like you get promoted and then you do eh for two seasons and then get relegated as a fan base. I think I'd be pretty annoyed. And I think as ownership, you wouldn't want to see your fans get annoyed, obviously, but as ownership, you don't want to keep, keep punching a wall essentially there. And that's why this man, this manager hire, this firing had happened is that there just weren't getting enough consistency with, with uh, forced anymore. I I like uh, I mean I, I'm not sold necessarily on, on Nuno. Um, he did I mean the reason why he got fired in in uh, uh, Saudi Arabia he had a falling out with uh, Kareem Benzema uh, who plays at uh, mm. I think it's Al Al Etihad uh, I think yeah is the was the club uh, that they were at I, I don't think that they were really 
Um, I, I don't think he can really manage a lot of those big, you know, the big hombre guys, you know, like the, the, the ones that have the big personalities, the ones that kind of, uh, you know, want to run the show, basically. I don't think he's a guy that can really manage that. He also, I mean, he also had a signing, uh, Jota, who came from Celtic, um, who signed in the summer and, and basically had a falling out right away um, <laughs> before his first game. So, I mean, the, the guy, the guy has, has issues, I, I think, with certain type of, types of, of people in the locker room. Um, now go into a club that has all these signings that have basically just come in in the last year and a half, two years. Can he can he make it gel and can he do it without his, um, you know, his, his his top top players? Probably his best striker is Taiwo Awani. Um, Taiwo's been been on and off the injury list all year. Uh, yeah. Can he go without a striker? They're already struggling to score, and then you look at his teams. You know, when he was at Wolves, what was you know a lot of their issue was was scoring. Defensively, they were usually pretty good. Um, but scoring was usually their their issue. Um, so I, I I think who can he uh, who can he bring in when it comes to the the transfer window coming up in about two weeks? You know, is he going to be able to get, get somebody in there that's going to run you know run the show? Can he go out and get a a maybe not the actual guy, but a a Ruben Neves type player? Or I'm sorry, a uh, uh, Who's the, the Nevis that played for the John Nevis? No, I'm thinking of the wrong one. Uh, I can't remember. I'm losing it off the top of my head now. Um, but the guy that went actually to Saudi Arabia as well. Um, so I, I think definitely he needs to have that player, that, especially in the midfield and the defense, that he can rely on. It was Connor Cody in the defense, and it was mm-hmm. Nevis uh, in the midfield when it came to Wolves. And that's who he basically hung his hat on every match. And can he do that with any of these guys? I, I don't think so. I don't think he's got a – legitimate top end defender. Um, I don't think his goalkeeping situation is that good. Um, the midfield is, 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 you know, it's like Swiss cheese at this point. Um, so he's got, I mean, outside of having Gibbs white and Awanigi, he's, and, and maybe every now and then Alango when he decides to show up, he doesn't really have a squad that he can really mold the way that he did with that Wolves team. Uh, so it's going to be interesting if he can do it. I, I mean, I think this might throw them back into the, the relegation hunter, at least maybe into that, you know, 15th, 16th, 17th range uh, where they end up finishing for sure now. Um, I think they're already, I mean, they're probably already there anyway. I haven't looked at the table. I'm, I'm guessing they're probably 16th or 17th. 17th, um, yeah. But I, I think it's going to be a tough ask for him. 17th. So I think it's going to be a tough ask for the guy. He's He's got a lot going on here. But I, I like Steve Cooper. I, I could see him easily getting that, that, that uh, uh, Crystal Palace job. Uh, if Hodgson does go, um, he's already got a pretty decent relationship with the the ownership at uh, Crystal Palace. So I, I'm thinking maybe that's that's where they lean. I mean, they're getting a guy that's, you know, one of the better managers in the prem as far as bottom half teams go. So I, I, I'm, I'm not losing hope yet in Steve Cooper. I think he's a good – he may look like he's falling asleep on the sideline every match, but uh, I, I think he's one of the better managers in the prem. I, I don't I don't know I just I'm from what I've seen from Steve Cooper I just don't I I think I want more personally so it's hard to see him in the prem for me um you know what's crazy is I've kind of forgotten that Ethan Horvath is a goalkeeper for Forrest and they haven't tried him I don't know if he's injured or not but they they've tried Matt Turner 
They've tried their their Greek guy. I'm not even going to pronounce his name because it's going to be embarrassing. Uh, then they go back to Matt Turner. Go for it. I have Blackie Meadows, man. I like I like the Greek names. They're fun. They're fun ones. Fair enough. Um, but like Ethan Horvath's <laughs> a good goalkeeper. I mean that Luton Town squad that was down in the championship had. Horvath as their goalkeeper, and it was kind of crazy that they didn't go out and sign him when they got promoted. I don't know. Do you go and give him a chance if you're Nuno? You've seen what Matt Turner's done, and it's been less than acceptable. You've seen what... Um, nope. Anyway, uh, has done, and, and it's been less than acceptable as well. Somebody else has got to try those reins at this point. They don't have a terrible defense. Like it, it's not, it's not great, but I don't think it's that lead squad last year. I think it, you've got Gonzalo Montiel, Joel Worrell, still pretty good. You've got, uh, I mean, pretty good on that squad. I should back that caveat up. Um, Willie Bolly's old, but he's he's kind of like a no nonsense center back where you kind of just huff the ball out. Uh, Harry Tuffalo isn't terrible, but again, these are players on that squad. Let's bring it back to Harry Tuffalo real quick. Tuffalo, this guy, I don't know. Here, here's what we got to realize. This guy already has been caught this past year of having 324 breaches of betting, and he has not oh, been charged right. yet. He's not been suspended. That's He's right. the only, I don't understand why he is the only one. And obviously Paqueta too, but Paqueta, I mean, is a little bit of a different deal with with the betting. He's more of like a match fixing type deal. But they've, yeah, they've, they've laid out the problem. groundwork for all these betting things. And now, like this this guy, I mean, he clearly has multiple breaches, hundreds of breaches, and he's still playing. But there's Ivan Tony just sitting there, eight months, you know, almost eight months later now. I think it's kind what? of an embarrassment that he's actually on the squad. I so from. A- an American standpoint and viewing American sports where they have these strict set rules. And if you break them, you, it immediately sets an effect and then you can appeal. uh, Like I'm just explaining for people who are new to sports and stuff like that. And then the appeal, and then you could still play. I think what we don't see, there's a lot of backroom stuff that's going on maybe uh, in, in the Premier League where there's dialogue, but we're not seeing it because they're keeping it closed doors. Again, I'm speculating. I have no idea how this works with the Premier League and, and their suspension situations and things like that. Um, but maybe this stuff has – it's 300 breaches they have to go over and look and make sure that, that – that's a lot of – paperwork people have to look over and read so it, it's it's gonna take time and they don't want to immediately jump to it uh, you know you're you're being accused but you still have to plead your innocence and i think that's what they're going through right now and that's why it took so long for ivan tony to get suspended that's why it's taking so long for paquetta to get suspended and tuffalo because they have to go through all these all this evidence and you know sift it out from there will tuffalo Get suspended. I mean, with three hundred with three hundred breaches or more, you're something's bound to hit. So you're gonna get suspended probably. Will Paquetta get hit? Uh, we'll find out. And I don't think it'll happen until the end of the year, like Tony's. 
if they end up, uh, if we've learned anything from the way that the Premier League wants to investigate, uh, I think Harry Topolo might be able to finish out his career uh, and then actually get suspended. I think that's how, if you look at Man City, they've been going on this thing for over five years now and where the heck are we? You know, we, we just got wow. a court date set for next September. They're, they're probably going to end up in, you know, a different division by then, but who knows, you know, they could win as they could I, win another Premier League this year, and, you know, so be it. Then they strip them of it, and then it ends up to the second place team. You know, you know, like yeah, whoever sits in second, you know, you probably feel decent about winning the prem, but it's not really how you want to win the prem kind of deal. Of course, I don't know if yeah. this is a fabricated, made up story here. If Villa end up winning or coming in second, and then come to find out, City uh, get stripped of it, and then it goes to. Bella, then yes, I'm going to be ecstatic. I'm not going to lie. I I will be. Hey, they, uh, they took away three titles from us. <laughs> so there, see, then you're going to have three titles coming your way. I'm it. sure that'll feel great. Um, but that's that's a whole totally different. That's a whole totally different podcast that I am not prepared to talk about right now. Mm-hmm. And when it happens, we'll be the first ones to break it to you. But you won't know that it will be broken to you if you don't like subscribe and follow us you know, give us thumbs up, hit that bell, whatever it is, rate us. We will, you'll know only if you do those things. And you know, honestly, who needs to hit the bell city. They need to ring that bell, man. That bell needs to come hard and fast. Cause they're looking terrible right now. Uh, hopefully they stay that way. Um, I, I agree. Maybe, I mean, maybe you know, show up against I don't know Arsenal and Villa every now and then, but no. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what. I, I you could see this thing coming from a mile away, but you just never knew when exactly it was going to hit. You know, you could tell that there were going to be moments where they would hit a little lull, uh, but this mm-hmm. is clearly the biggest one I, I can remember in the last. You know five, six years under Pep, um, where his team is just there. They can be, they can, they can click during a game. They can look unbeatable, but they can turn off just like that. And, and, you know, you don't recognize them at the same time. So I, I put a lot of it actually on, on the defense. Uh, I think Ruben, um, uh, Ruben Diaz has been, has been absolutely crap this year. Um, it went from being quite possibly one of the better center backs in the league last year to, uh, I would say probably one of the more overrated center backs in the league this year. I don't know how he how he decided to make that transition, but he but he did it. Um, Josco Guardiola, who they just signed for you know the biggest defensive signing in, in Premier League history, and, and I think actually in the world, uh, eclipsing Virgil Van Dyke. He's been crap this year, and they're playing him in a weird spot. They're playing him you know left center back, left back type type area. Not quite really his his forte. He's usually good in a you know, in a back four at that left side, but they've got him really, you know, they've got him marauding down the wing. They got him going up the, up the, the, uh, the sideline there. So definitely a different role for him. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, I, I don't think Kyle Walker's been as good as he's been in the last two years. Um, the only one I could, uh, John Stone's been injured, been out, been, you know, wishy-washy when he's back. They, they don't, yeah. the only one that's been decent is Nathan Ock. Uh, he's the only one that I that I can honestly say has been good. And, and Ederson has, uh, to be honest, Ederson has looked at times like one of the worst goalkeepers in the league this year. 
there's still Onada. He's had, you know, it, it was, yeah, I mean, Matt Turner also <laughs> probably, you know, has that has that that thing right now. But um, but I I don't know. I I don't know what it is with Ederson. He's he's missing a lot of a lot of saves that I, I normally would think he'd get. Um, you know, saves that you see guys like Allison Becker and Terstegen and, and Courtois get when when he's you know when he's healthy, but. Uh, I, I don't see him really making those game-changing saves like he was two, three years ago. Um, doesn't really look look up to it. Uh, as, as positionally, has has been a little bit weak. And and I, honestly, he's not been very good on crosses this year. I don't know. Maybe his history. You know, people can you know correct me on that. Uh, but I don't think he's he's necessarily that good this year when it comes to set pieces and balls into the box and set pieces. He looks very soft. He looks kind of almost uh, confused whether to go get the ball or hit the ball away or catch the ball, whatever it might be, sit back. Like he doesn't really have uh, a, posi- a positional sense right now when it comes to you know balls like that. You look at the Lutontown goal. was the same thing. Lutontown went up one nil at the half. It was one of those long balls uh, from set pieces into the box. And he or, – uh, or not from set piece, but it was one of those long balls basically where – well, he didn't quite know whether to come out. He didn't know whether to stay back. Mm-hmm. Decided to swing for it. Missed. You know, he he's not quite really, you know, at his level yet. Um, and and I, I think the majority of it ends up being there. You know, you talk about losing Gunduan. Obviously, De Bruyne is on his way back maybe in the next week or two. Um, I really think that the majority of it falls on the defense. Um, and, and this is one of those times where you can really see, you know, that City didn't spend as much as they normally do in, in uh, summer windows this past year. I think it's going to end up being that they go and get another center back, uh, it, you know, to maybe pair up with Gavardial in the future. But um, I just don't know where exactly they they will be able to fix it because it seems like they turn off and turn on so quick and so unpredictable. Um, you know, eventually, you know, I could be eating my words here. They're probably going to end up coming back and win the league anyway. But uh, – I just wouldn't surprise me if this continues for maybe a few more games before Pep really, you know, has a little bit of change of system or a change of philosophy or something that can kind of give them a kickstart and, and get them back on track. But we'll, we'll wait and see. I think, I don't think this is one of those ones that's going to go down. Um, you know, I don't think this is going to be one of those seasons where, where you just write it off for city, you know, they go win, go win an FA cup and something else, maybe, you know, like, it's not one of those ones I think you can write them off for any trophy quite yet that they that they haven't already been knocked out of. So I want to add that Rodri's been extremely good to, for this squad as well. Uh, he's been playing out of his mind. When he's there. I mean, obviously. When he's there. <laughs> when uh, Yes, when he doesn't, when he's not red carded or suspended for too many yellow accumulations. Um, he is a phenomenal player. I... I th- I was going to, so I'm glad you brought up formation because I was going to jump into that too because it was kind of neat. So, City copied essentially what Brighton, Deserby do with the three back hold, try to invite, like, um, what do you want to call it? A, a simulation transition. They try to simulate a transition or a counter attack by inviting pressure, which is what Villa do. Now they never never quite did. Playing out of the back will do that, but um the way the way that he sets up his team is like that three back two and then another 
I don't know what, how does that math work? Five and then another four and then two. So now you're playing with a three back, but also kind of not really because when you sit back and now it's more of a five or a four and it's, I think this, I think he's over complicating his formation right now. And the players aren't, it's not clicking in their head. And how on and some of these players have been around the system and maybe they just got lucky with it last year because they had De Bruyne to have that ability to, to transition from uh, midfield to offense and Rodri to be able to transition from defense to midfield to get it to De Bruyne to push it up to the offense. And that, that chain reaction is really what's missing this year possibly. But I think that the formation, it it's just it leaves a lot of holes in the back if you get caught out. And that's what happened with the Crystal Palace match. They got countered on, and it was a good over-the-top ball, and it happened to find... Uh, God, I can't remember who the hell it was. Um, was it but nonetheless... Uh, yeah, it was Mateta. It was a low-ground cross. And it it having that three back, if you don't recover quick enough, then you're caught. You're, you're caught in the counter, and then you're scrambling. And like you said, Ederson hasn't been quite like Ederson has been, and he hasn't been whether to stick or go kind of deal. So that's leaving your back line exposed even more. And that's where we're getting that the, those random goals that seem random, but it's not really random because the formation is in a, in a way that is almost setting them up for failure. Maybe they need to go back to a a four back system again. And I I know I know that it's it turns into a three back anyway because you have your wing back running up to whatever side you're playing on to overload, and then you there's your three back. But um, they're they're clearly having defensive issues. They're giving up goals at a rate in which City don't typically give up goals. And I, I think they need to go to a four system until De Bruyne comes back. And then maybe you can re-implement that three-back system again where the transition is better for you. But C- City are flailing right now. And if you're not a City fan, you're loving this. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah, loving I, the fact that they're floundering. They've it, only won it is, one. It's nice <laughs> You know, considering every every team in, in the Premier League has has had this moment at least in the last you know three four years. You know, it's nice to really see somebody who's they're never human. struggled for once. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> human, and that's in it. It gives a little bit of more. It gives a little more parity to the league right now. And I, I keep seeing these comps for Villa and Leicester when Leicester won the league, where it's like. Uh, 35 points reached in this many matches and defensive rate and XG and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but nobody's playing like they were back in 15, 16, I think they won, or 14, 15, something like that. One of those two seasons. Yeah. This is a tougher, this is a tougher league than what Claudio Ranieri had faced. I almost said Bravo for a moment. I was like, no, that's the goalkeeper. (laughs) Uh, but City, 
City will sort themselves out. I still have that feeling too that this is just a longer extended role and and while while the distance from them winning the league to second is usually a larger gap. I think it's going to be much tighter. I think it will come down to that final season again or final game of the season like it did 2 years ago um when Unfortunately, City beat Villa for the that final match. I was really disappointed. Trust me. Um, Believe me, I was even more disappointed. I'm sure. <laughs> trust me. I don't need. I hated every every second after the 65th minute. I was so fuming, and it just pisses me. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. We're not that team anymore. Anyway, City. Probably will still wind up winning the league, but it's going to be on the final day. It's not going to be, you know, set three games prior. I mean, I, I could see that, but I think there, there's so much. The, this league is now down to every every match week means a little bit more to the clubs that aren't Manchester City. Um, that, that's all I would, I would put it. I think it means, you know, say Liverpool had, had beaten Manchester United this past week. Liverpool would have a 12-point lead with two games in hand on Manchester City uh, going going into the new year. That would, that would be mm-hmm. – or going into boxing day. That would be incredible. Like there's – I mean, when's the last time you can say somebody was 12 points above City? Um, it was probably like four, four or five years ago. So, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's – these games now mean more for everybody else who's in the hunt. So for Villa, for Liverpool, for uh, Arsenal um, – than they do for for Manchester City. Manchester City now have nothing to lose. You know the the other teams are the ones with everything to lose. You've got this mm-hmm. lead on them now. Can you hold it? If the pressure's on them. So uh, if 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 Pep Guardiola really wants to, you know, rile up his guys, you know, like we know he can at certain times, I I think that's that's the way he's going to go about it. He's going to basically say that hey, you guys, you know, we're the ones we're the ones that that are are just we just need to hang around. Somebody's going to fall back to us because the pressure is going to get to them. Uh, you know, the only team you can really, the only team you can really say has has felt the pressure and who has leadership that's felt the pressure before is Liverpool. Arsenal haven't felt this before. Like not even last year. Last year they were. I mean, you think of it. They gave up the lead with what six, seven games to go. So they, I understand what they're saying there, but they've also never won the league. The only team I, I, I could probably say Arsenal maybe. Yeah, the rest. I would argue Arsenal. Team. I was thinking Chelsea. But everyone's gone. Um, but I, I, they, they have yet to win a, a trophy. You know, in the last couple of years with Arteta, um, you know, outside of the the one fluke FA Cup where, you know, everybody was basically injured and uh, there were no fans in the stand and everything like that yeah. for the entire tournament. Um, I, I would say that that you know you really gotta you really gotta you know pump the brakes. I think a little bit on Arsenal. Arsenal need to need to prove us. They need to prove us wrong, um, and it was the same way with with Liverpool. Liverpool, you know, first year, uh, went you know won the European Cup, lost by a point to City in the league. Second year, domination, absolute domination, biggest win in Premier League history. So, like, for me, Arsenal need to make that next step, and, and it, it's going to happen either this year or next year. It may not be this year, but Arsenal needs to prove that they can not a, one. They they can one they can that they can play consistently and they they're doing that right now they're absolutely doing that, but can mm-hmm. they can they pull away and they you know go against the grain and go against the the pressure that comes with 
a title race against the most, you know, fraudulent team in, in the sport right now um, with everything that's fixated around them. So, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's like saying, it's like having a guy who's never played baseball before go up against Barry Bonds in a home run, a home run derby, you know, like it's, it's until you actually beat him, nothing means anything. That guy's going to win every single time. Um, so I, I still think you got to pump the brakes a little bit on Arsenal, um, but they need, they, they need to, sustain the lead they have they need to build mm-hmm. upon the lead they have and they show that they can that they can um uh you know go a full season without having any of those hiccups and a lot of them you know they want to blame the Saliba injury last year and I, I i see where injuries can hinder a season uh but i mean you look at some of the games that they had the southampton game i mean you're other one you're two goals up on liverpool at anfield you can't give up two you can't uh they almost gave up a third you know, you, there, a lot of those games you look back on and you're like, boy, if they can get, you know, three, four points there, whole league's different. The whole league is different. Um, so they need to show me a little bit more uh, throughout the, the, the entirety of the season before I can really, I can really, you know, jump on that bandwagon. But I still think Arsenal are going to be able to manage their weight. And I, as long as they go out and get a, uh, defend, I know. I think they got to go out and get another center back. I, I do believe Rhett uh, is right, and they shore up the defense. So, if an injury like where they got thinned out with Tamiasu and Saliba, and then they're using Rob Holding, and that's just not a recipe for any type of winning element. And I think I think Arsenal I, I could. Go ahead. I think Arsenal could pull off a win if if there's there's definitely three, and this is why I stuck with what I said. Uh, I, I think if it isn't City, it's Liverpool or Arsenal, and then it's everybody else. And that's just I, I think yeah. I think Arsenal are the most battle tested out of out of the rest of the league, and then Liverpool, then. City. So I don't I could see that. I could see that exactly. City, Liverpool, Arsenal, or some combination of those three teams up top. I, I don't expect Villa to hang around in at, at third or even squeak at the top. It's a possibility for next match week, actually, but that's here nor there. I'll discuss that later at another time. And I don't think Spurs have any type of firepower to push for a top spot, even though they did have that hot, hot month. Or realistically, three months they had a hot three months because their manager won the lead, uh, the managerial uh, award for three months in a row. Uh, I don't think Newcastle uh, Newcastle's falling apart. They're literally just every player has an injury. They're using academy kids. United is is not Manchester United is just not a squad. I would put any type of faith in being in the anywhere near the top four this year. And and the other hitter, realistically, should be Chelsea, but they're sitting 10th right now. And honestly, if Everton didn't have the points deduction, they wouldn't even be in 10th right now. So, like, that's – that's it's a top it, – honestly, and not enough people are talking about this, it's a top-heavy table this year. Man, I am just having a hard time just stopping at words randomly. Uh, there's like four, four to five teams realistically this year that are going to compete 
and and then it's yeah. the rest of the table. I, I think it's. I think the top four. It, it, the top four could be settled by by March. Um, it's possible, given what goes on with those teams in Europe. I, I think yep. it's definitely uh, there's a, there's a chance that this um, this this league is pretty much done and dusted with the top four by March. Because I don't think, obviously, with the mm. new coefficient rule for the for the Champions League this year. I don't, from the looks of it, it doesn't look like an English team's going to get it. It's probably going to end up going to, to, to Germany or Spain uh, by, the look, by the looks of it now. So um, you can blame United and Newcastle on that. You can't finish bottom of the group and expect to get yeah. the, you know, a coefficient ranking there. So I, I do think that it's, it's, it's probably going to end up being, being, you know, Germany or Spain that get that spot. But um, I, I just, I, I need to see, I need to see a little bit more from, from some of the teams, I, I I would even I would even throw Liverpool in there right now. I mean, how in the world are are they not more clinical in in games like this where you have eighty percent mm. of the ball and you're you're not getting more than a few you know five or six you know balls on target? You got to. And by do this game, they I'm more presuming clinical. you're talking about the Liverpool United match here because I was actually just about to pivot to that, so I'm kind of glad you went that yeah. way too. Um, yeah, I so mean, yeah, that and, and it's not only that match, though, Aaron. It's it's been like that all year. It, it really has. They they've got these games where you know they're they're going down and then they're coming back and, and winning a lot of these games, but they're they're so not they're they're very not they're not they're not clinical in front of net uh, as much as they should be. And yes, you can say, oh, well, Darwin misses a lot. Well, you know, Diaz misses a lot of shots. Gakpo's not not head, not hitting the ground running yet. Uh, Jota's been injured. I get all those things, but when you look at the numbers that they're putting on, I don't like XG, but in this case, I mean, you can take a peek at it and it, it tells you basically everything. Liverpool are, are underperforming in front of net. Um, you look at a lot of the other stats. So, I mean, Darwin Nunez could quite possibly have double digit premier league goals this year with the amount of uh, balls that he's put on the post. That he's put on the crossbar. Um, the guy, I mean, you, you want to talk about a you guy. Ain't shit. A, a like it's it's him. Like the guy. I mean, he probably could have had two, two or maybe three winners already this year. And you can include the one that that he got taken away from him basically on on the, this past Sunday um, by, by by his own teammate. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't quite necessarily know where exactly you know Liverpool can build off this. I think it's going to probably end up happening in the in the January transfer window. Um, they need to had Allison out. You've got McAllister out right now. Gakpo's had a month on the sideline. Robertson's going to be out for another, you know, maybe another month. Um, we're playing a, a backup goalkeeper at times who looks like he's playing goalkeeper for the first time in his life. Uh, we've got a, a lot of young kids that haven't really gelled yet. You know, it's uh, Jota obviously is hurt. So I, I think there's there's a lot to be proud of with the way they've gone this year. I think they're definitely overachieving for, for what they – what they look like last year and what they brought in this year, I think they're definitely overachieving. Um, when you consider they, they, you know, they brought in a 30 year old defensive midfielder, uh, a 24 year old guy that's never played holding mid uh, outside of the world cup in a double pivot. Uh, and you've got a 22 year old kid who's shown that that consistency is his flaw. And that's uh, Dominic Zabaslai. Um He had, I mean, he tore it up the first, you know, 12 matches of the year in the prem. And you look at the last couple of matches, he, he looks like a shell of himself. I don't know if he's tired. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but he doesn't look, you know, like he's uh, like, like he's the world beater that we saw he was. So 
there's a lot of things going on there, but but then again, you look at this match and it all comes down to tactics for me. Um, one team looked like they were trying to win the game. One team looked like they were trying to get out of there with a draw. That's exactly what happened. The team that, you know, Manchester United did not look to win that game. Um, you can say what you want about that. Stats show it. The formation shows it. What You know, the, the fouls show it. Um, every single aspect basically says that Liverpool tried to score and Manchester United uh, tried to score once. <laughs> so, I mean, it really, you know, really didn't have much of a back and forth as we normally expect in this game. Um, that being said, I, I'm still, I'm just upset that, that Liverpool didn't, didn't get the, I mean, that's, that's a free three points staring right at you in the face and uh first 20 minutes, half hour, they should have put it away right there. Um, the chances they had, they have two, two shots with basically an open net missed them both. Um, two guys clashing in the front of each other, two feet from net. Like it's, it's just not the, the time to really be doing that right now after, you know, they look so good for so long, but. Um, other than that, I mean, it was it was entertaining for on my end, but uh, I couldn't imagine being a United fan watching that and thinking, yeah, you know, rooting for that team because that team is not a oh they're they're, they're not a team bullets. right now they're they're really yeah. But so like you said, formationally, uh, that's the way the game played out for United, and I agree with that. I think that. They were only going to look for a draw, and a draw, and in, in the old adage, you know, a draw can be a win, but a draw can be a loss, and that's how this worked out. A draw was a win for United, and a draw was a loss for Liverpool, and I, I, I think as Ten Hag, what Ten Hag needs to do now is like, look, you went to Anfield, you you didn't give up a goal, we got a point. We're we we didn't do that last year. Last year we got smoked. So let's let's go on on to the next match and their next match. I don't remember. I can actually just pull that up in a moment. Their next match should be. What's that? It's is it, West Ham. Is it Newcastle? West Ham. That's it's West Ham. That's right. Um, and they got to be thinking, like, let's go to London now. Let's prep for that match after this hard work match. Great job, guys. Go on. Uh, ten. Yeah, I mean, you said it on. You hit the nail on the head. There was no way they were looking to score goals in this match. There was no type. They, they don't have the firepower to score goals. They're pretty much just looking to Garnacho at this point. And hey, kid, uh, can you just score a worldie like every match? Because that would be cool, kind of deal. <laughs> Rashford looks, look, he just looks so bad. And I don't get it because I like the guy as a, as a person. But as a player right now, he looks like he's 19 again and trying to figure out what to do, where to go. And I don't know if that comes down to managerial positioning and what tactics and whatnot, or just could come down to being tired. A lot of those players also played in the world cup and tired legs equals tired mind, which equals terrible team. And that's what that that's another 
situation that could be playing into this or it could be the toxic cancer that they've got going on and and all the fact that in which they wanted to sell the uh, the ownership wanted to sell the squad and, and it's it's just it's like watching and i said this last week it's like watching a soap a real live sports soap is going on in the greater manchester area and we can't get enough of it because we're literally talking about it every week when Manchester United sits seventh and City are drawing or losing six of their uh, five mat five of their six matches that they played there aren't the outcomes that City usually put up. It's 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 definitely a fun season to watch in that point, uh, but I don't really see United having any type of this is where they're going to be they're literally going to sit seventh and that's what i'm trying to get at at this point they're they just don't have any type of cohesion there everything is a rumor that they're going to sell somebody or buy somebody at this point and whether ten hog is on the hot seat to get fired it there's there's no there's no dialogue in which they say you know manchester united's going to win this match because of xyz or they're gonna put up a good match or a good fight because of xyz it's it's always rumor news and that's it there's nothing there's no validity to any of their squad it's just it's comical and it and it brings us to you know obviously they have west ham this week west ham's a team that i think you know if Ten Hag wants to get a point from West Ham, he may need to set his team up the same way um, to counterattack, play defense, because that's how a lot of teams have been able to uh, to really get to West Ham is is, mm-hmm. is to counter. Uh, you know, make make sure that's a that's a, you know an aspect that you really want to want to exploit. Um, yeah, but we got a, a couple. We got some good matches uh, coming up this weekend. Um, yep. I know your your guys are playing on fr- Friday, right? Sheffield United? Uh, yeah, we're playing Sheffield United, but I couldn't tell you what day. I gotta give me like 30 seconds. I'll tell Friday. you. Um, you don't have to yell. It's okay. Fridays. It's a it's Friday. It's a it's a it's a it's a really uh I'll tell you it's a really weird weekend when you look at the fixtures. So you got uh remember city city aren't playing this weekend. So, because yep. they're they're doing the Club World Cup in, in Saudi, so you 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 don't have Dami to or versus Brentford. Then we actually do have a game on Christmas Eve for the first time, uh, uh, which is a really odd one. Wolves Chelsea on Christmas Eve. Why in the world they're doing this? I think is beyond me. It's just another stupid idea. Let's have fans travel on you know <laughs> that, Christmas one Eve. of the one of the worst days to probably travel on the yeah Christmas Eve on a holiday. Yeah. So. Um, kind of a bad idea there, but um, we've got Arsenal Liverpool big match on uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, I'll be down at, at Wolves for that one. I know Rhett, I think will be there. I think are you coming? Down I'll, be there? I'll be there. I'll be there. Okay. Because then you want to know why I'll be there? Because I will get to laugh at both of you guys when you both draw. Villa win, and we are on the top of the table. That is why I'll be there. <laughs> you, 
I'll tell you what, if you, uh, you you'd never guess you guys would be in that position, huh? No. I'm gonna be honest, absolutely <laughs> not. I think fifth is ambitious, and I, I think that's a great spot to sit. Uh third and shooting for first is absolutely mind blowing to the the way the testament in which Unai has been able to turn the squad and believe in themselves and, and dig wins out. Um yeah, do you want to jump into match day eighteen predictions? Run this real quick. Yeah. All right, yeah, cool. I'll read Rets as well. Um, so we got Crystal Palace and Brighton. I think Crystal Palace are going to lose one to two against Brighton. Um, Rhett has Brighton shutting out Crystal Palace and with a scoreline of two nil. What do you got? I've I've got uh, uh, Brighton winning this one one nil. Um, I know it's going it's a way it's an away match, but um, I I think even given their their lack of goals lately, something's got to mm-hmm. something's got to switch. Deserving's got to fix something. There's a perfect place to do it is Palace. Is their team that again leave themselves susceptible playing defense? They're gonna open up yep. to Brighton a little bit more than they would against City. So I think there's a chance there. I like Brighton one nil. Um. Villa play Sheffield United at home. Uh, as we all know, Villa Park is a fortress. Um, I have Villa beating Sheffield United 3-0. Rhett also has a 3-0 scoreline. Um, what do you got? I'm going to give you one more goal there. I'm going to go 4-0 over Sheffield United. I think they um, – I can't, I can't see Sheffield getting anything out of this game. I think defensively at Villa Park, Aston Villa are a different animal. Um, as long as Leon Bailey try to score, yeah, they only. So I have two issues. If Leon Bailey's injured, then that's a problem because he's a Villa Park man, and Bubakar Kamara is actually suspended for three matches because. And we didn't talk about this. That Brentford match got super heated, and he ended up getting a red card because he throat. Pushed somebody. Well, let's say throat pushed somebody. He did what Rodri did essentially, but more manly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's what. Look at the my my favorite thing after a game like that that you know has been like really physical is to go back and look at the um the the like history of the match and watch it go. And I'm not even joking. If you look at it. There's there's a, a moment in the second half where there are like six cards given in like the span of late, maybe like three minutes. It was ridiculous, oh, yeah. but it was, you know, you don't normally see something like that in a stat sheet afterwards. But it's it's pretty neat to to see there. Yeah, that's something crazy. Um, West Ham United and West Ham and United play. Uh, I have a one-one draw line. Uh, Rhett has a two-nil to West Ham. How about you? I got one one as well. Uh, Bruno Fernandez back for United, but I don't think it, yeah, it, that's going to put much. them over the top. Um, yeah. I, I do think, you know, I do think if United score first, they got a better chance of winning this game. Um, but West Ham, man, they they got a, a hell of an attack. I, I don't know West Ham. You know, given that that they're also in Europe, they also have a game midweek. Um, mm-hmm. Do they go full strength for this one and, and save themselves? Uh, you know, maybe not play as strong against Liverpool, maybe not play as strong. Um, uh, or obviously they're already finished in Europe, but 
they they got big, a big three points last week. Can they carry it over in that one? That one's even more important than you think the, the EFL Cup quarters is. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> um, next match, we got Fulham and Burnley. I have a three to one score line for Fulham. Uh, Rhett has a four nil uh, score line towards Fulham. How about you? I'm going to go three one as well uh, for Fulham. Uh, they got a got a win actually this afternoon in, in PKs Everton in the EFL Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. Seven to six was the final uh, in pens there. Uh, so they they go through, but I, I I like the way Fulham play when they do have a healthy squad. Jimenez, uh, I, I don't know if he's going to be back for the no he's out he's out for this game. So um, yeah, he's out for I three. I think it's going to be uh, probably a, a Vinicius then. So yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be a mixed bag of, of attack, but I think their their attack's been good enough. I mean they've scored what sixteen goals, seventeen goals in their last however many games it is for uh, mm-hmm. last four or five games in the prem. So. They they've been playing pretty well, so I'm gonna ride that bandwagon until it until it falls off the tracks. Fair enough. Um next match we got Luton and Newcastle. I look at my scoreline and I'm thinking, why did I choose this scoreline again? Um and honestly, I think it's because what Luton have done at home between uh, Arsenal and City the last few matches. I have a two one scoreline towards Newcastle, but Newcastle I think score them late. And I don't think that uh, Luton will. I, I I see something similar to what happened to, with City. That that's where I'm getting with this. Um, Rhett also has a two-one scoreline, so clearly I'm not out of my mind. Uh, how about you? <laughs> I'm going big here. I think no Tom Lockyer. I think is a big miss uh, for Luton Town. I know they're going to be coming back home. However, I I like the. I like the U with what they did today, Newcastle against Chelsea. Um, I I like the way they're playing. They they don't care. Yeah, but Nkunku's back. <laughs> it didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah. yeah he. Uh, uh, I I like Newcastle. I'm gonna go five nil Newcastle. Fair enough. Um, on to Forest and Bournemouth, where Forest may have their new manager at this point. I'm not. Enti- we won't entirely no until after the recording um forest are home and i went with a 2-2 line forest play pretty decent at home um bournemouth have been playing pretty uh, punching well above their weight in those these last month and a half or so uh rent went also with am i sure that i just didn't copy my own again <laughs> No, I can't be true. Uh, he he also went with a two-two score line. No, it's not okay. I definitely we have different scores. The next one will prove otherwise. Uh, how about you? I I like Bournemouth in this one. I, I think Forest. I mean, yeah, new manager balance usually you know gets a team up. Obviously, they're at home. That that place has been a pretty um, pretty treacherous place the last couple of years for 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 visitors to come. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to go Bournemouth though. I like the way they're playing. I know their game got abandoned this past uh, this past week, but they did. I mean, I think they did just score or take the lead in that game before it got abandoned. Um, so yeah. they were they were on the way to probably taking that that three points. Um, so I'm going to go Bournemouth. I like Bournemouth where they're playing right now. Yeah. Dom Solanke's a stud striker right now. There's, I have no problem with that. Um, 
with that scoreline and that outcome. On to Spurs and Everton. Spurs play at home. I went with a 3-2 scoreline. Spurs, Brett went with a 2-3 scoreline. Everton. <laughs> so that's where I looked. I was like, nah, okay, we didn't got yeah, that. I'm going to go right in the middle of the two of you. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Tottenham and Everton, nice, easy draw there. It's a lot of goals in it. Both defenses have a, a bunch of holes. So I like uh, I, I like a draw on that one. I don't mind that either. I was This one actually was the hardest one to put an outcome to. I looked at it. I was like, I, I, I legitimately paused for about three minutes. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I could totally <laughs> see a 2-2 outcome. I could see a 1-1 outcome. I could see Spurs winning 4-1. I could also see them doing a 3-2 scoreline flop either way. And it's just like, I don't know. Because it's not, not for nothing, but Everton has been playing really hot lately. And they've played better away than they have at home. The last couple uh, home games that they've had have been outliers. Uh, to their recent past but um spurs have also been playing well at home ish uh except for that little hiccup that they had but you know this this one was this one actually i'm going to tune into more after this particular match and after villa so really this is like my third pick um the next match that everybody should tune in for is the liverpool arsenal match which is exactly what we have now Coming up, I have a 1-1 draw. Um, Rhett has a 1-2 victory Arsenal. How about you? I can only imagine it's going to be an outcome in which <laughs> Liverpool win. <laughs> yeah, it is a 2-1 Liverpool win over Arsenal. Arsenal <laughs> haven't won at Anfield since 2012. It ain't going to be this year. Uh, they can keep you know hoping for that one. It wasn't last year. You know They were up 2-0 last year at Anfield. Uh and that was the epic uh, Xhaka, Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, debacle ah. there where, where they got in a fight. And that was that was the beginning of the end for Arsenal. So uh, I th- I, I'm hoping, you know, almost the same same style of game uh, this time around. Because that was, I'll be honest with you, that was one of the more fun games I, I remember from last year. Um, first half was all Arsenal. Second half was all Liverpool. And, it, you know, it ended in a 2-2 draw. Um, yeah. So definitely I, th- I think it's one of the better – uh, matches the season. Uh, I think it's more, I think it's a, a better match. Um, I think it's a more even match when it's at the Emirates, uh, because yeah. I, I do think you know, you, I mean, not to not to bust on Rhett's guy Arteta, but he's Arteta's the guy that, that's been playing, you know, you'll never walk alone at the, the Arsenal training sessions to prepare him for this. I don't think he's necessarily ready for a, a match at Anfield the way the way they've been prepping the last couple times, so. I, I got to lean Liverpool on this one. They're they're pissed off from the United game. They know they let three points slip away. They can't allow this three points to go as well. Um, so I'm going to go Liverpool 2-1. I'm going to segue real quick. Do you remember when NFL teams like um, pumped, for their practices, pumped like uh, Stan fan oh, audio yeah. so that they can like for, for away away games that they had to play? Has, that's exactly yep. what I think what, for when you said Arteta plays Never Walk Alone in their, in their yep. practices. That's like, holy He's, shit. That, the, that's crazy. I thought that, the, that, what is the uh, Ars- what is Arsenal, uh, the TV show that's on Prime there? I can't remember the uh, the show. But that's, that's where they showed it. And uh, I believe it was that match afterwards. 
I think they got beat like four nil. Yeah. Uh, at Anfield or something like that. It was, it was not good for him. Uh, but hey, same result this time. <laughs> I, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping for a draw. Anyway, one where I'm not hoping for a draw, we have Wolves and Chelsea. Uh, I have Wolves losing 2-1 to one against Chelsea. Rhett also has Wolves losing uh, at a scoreline of 2-0. How about you? I'm going I'm going right with you. I'm going 2-1, uh, Chelsea. I want, I want to give Wolves the benefit of the doubt that they can at least get a point out of this one. Um, yeah. Wolves play the type of football that, you know, when you go up against a Chelsea – it's it's one of those teams that can that can compete pretty much you know on, mm-hmm. on an even level. Um, this is the type of football that Gary O'Neill thrives in uh, when you know he's able to basically sit back and counter, um, and then all of a sudden at the end of matches throw on a couple subs and just let loose for, for you know five ten minutes. That's what he's you know he's, he's done quite a bit over the last year or two. Um, I gotta go Chelsea. I, I the way they're scoring goals now. Uh, outside of today's match where I thought they were very lackluster. Obviously, the subs didn't help them. Caicedo should have been sent off today. Go back and look at that challenge. Second minute of the game, Caicedo yeah. should have been sent off. Straight Okie dokie. Um, so that's a, that was an ugly one. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Chelsea 2-1. All right. Um, well, that's your match day uh, prediction score lines. Hopefully, some of these come out. Uh, as three pointers for us, uh, I haven't been keeping up, and I just finally kept up with our our totals. Um, Woodsy is at ninety nine. We have actually skipped a couple weeks because we one forgot, two is just the three of us, and we sometimes forget as well. Uh, I'm sitting at second with a ninety four, and Rhett is sitting in third with eighty eight points. Uh, he claims he's a late bloomer. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm usually just the middle of the line, so this is perfect for me. If I sit second, this is exactly it. I planned this whole time. Oh, man. Well, I've got nothing more to talk about personally. I don't know about you. Listen, I'm good, man. I got to go. I got to, you know, cook some some dinner for, for the wifey here, and the dogs nice. are actually quiet for one, so I might I might try to get some I, stuff done. You know, and that, that really happens. Oh my god! Could you imagine if I could time to take a nap? I'd. Oh. It'd be like I'd be is this six a.m. already? So much prettier. I'd be so much well, prettier if I could take a nap. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This has been another recording of Swinging at Shins. Uh, you can catch us on Spotify, YouTube TV, Apple Music, um, pretty much wherever Anchor drops. I'm. I think iHeartRadio is an option as well. Um, we're active on Facebook and Instagram. We don't have a, a, what do you call it, X? I mean, I know I sounded old there for a moment, but I, it sounds weird saying X, just X, instead of it's Twitter. It's still Twitter to me. Um, still Twitter. I don't, we don't have a thread either. TikTok, catch us on TikTok. We do have one of those, though. Uh, and that's pretty do you, much do you it. Do you, huh? do you TikTok? Do you do like the dances and stuff that the kids do on TikTok? I don't take Bro, TikTok. If I did dances, I would break both of my knees. <laughs> Unhealthy knees is what I have. <laughs> I could see you right. Brett, doing like a little, you know. One oh, of you those. think so? We, oh, yeah. Well, maybe we should do one at the bar. We'll do one at the bar. How about that? Yeah, you, we'll throw, just look a couple, like... you throw a couple back with me. Maybe we'll see where it goes. <laughs> Done. Deal.
so catch, look out for that on Boxing Day. Um, if you don't have anything going on Boxing Day, I know I just thought of this and I was just about to sign off, but go to Wolf's Beer Garden, say hi to Carl and Sam and all the bartenders, Wolfie, Wolfies. Woodsy's repping some Wolf's paraphernalia. Go buy some stuff. Uh, they're they're fantastic people. It'll be a fantastic atmosphere for Boxing Day. Um, that's all I got. Adios, everybody. Well, guys, that was an episode of Swinging at Shins. We appreciate you for coming out and listening to us. If you guys want to hear or see more, we have links in the description below. We hope to hear from you soon and hear more about what you have to say. <laughs>